Welcome to Straight Talk Wealth, heard every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. with your experts in all aspects of wealth accumulation, preservation, and income planning guaranteed to last a lifetime. And now, your host of Straight Talk Wealth, Bruce Whitey, on News Talk 1590, KBTA. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world. Burgundy! Tonight. Get off my show. Get your own. Crazy fool. Why don't you borrow a hole and you tell them at the top of them? You guys tell them. You guys tell them. Hey, good morning, Ventura. This is not the Ron Burgundy News Hour. This is Straight Talk Wealth Radio, and I'm your host, Bruce Whitey, and, uh, Burgundy can get his own show. Say goodnight to the bad guy. Yeah, you tell him. I got all my friends here in the studio. I got Mr. Pacino and Groucho and uh, Mr. T all standing up for me here. It's BS. They made it up. All right, Michael. Can I just have a little fun in the world of radio here? (laughs) Yeah, yuck it up. Yuck it up. Oh, the clip stopped. Hey, what am I doing? I am ruining my creditability. Listen, this is a very serious show because it's a financial show. We have to be very serious. And, um, you know, I'm a what you see is what you get kind of guy. And all my, all the listeners that have met me at our events, uh, know that I just can't take myself too seriously. But today's topic is very, very serious and we will move on. And I've just wasted a minute and a half of goofing off on the radio and I absolutely love it. And um, that's what they have me in here to do, I think. Your trademark is stupidity. Hey, listen, what are we talking about today? The first thing I want to say is we have had such a ball meeting you guys at our events. It's been a pleasure. We just got through with the uh, second Thief in the Night, Why the Next Great Stock Market Crash is Inevitable event, where we went over the basic research of Harry S. Dent. We'll be talking to Harry later in the show today. I'm going to read from some of his articles. And we went over some of the work of David Stockman and really just looked at what are the things that propel an economy like the the demographic trends versus what the government does to make mistaken policies. Great event. Uh, We went four hours plus on this event because uh, we just have a great audience. They come in and all you guys that come to these events, if you haven't been to one and you like the content of the show... Come just to enjoy your fellow audience members because it's really a conversation and uh, I cover a lot of great data. I believe that I make this very digestible for people to understand and they have so many questions and you're meeting so many people with common interests at these events uh, and they're very intimate and uh, it's always a kick. So I had a ball with you guys on the last one here. We are going into October 20th, a very, very important event. We have not done this before. So what we've done in the past is we always do, you know, the 101, like how does, what drives the economy? Why are we so adamant that there's going to be another big crash due by 2020? Uh, how do you get out of the way? What are we basing this on? Didn't the government make it all better, et cetera, et cetera. So we really break that down. But every week I'm getting more research data that comes into our financial services offices where we work with our clients here in Oxnard, and I don't get a chance to really put it out on the radio. Uh, the radio is an opportunity to disturb people. It's an opportunity to get people to contact us. Let us know you're out there. Let us know that you're concerned about these issues. But it's not really much of an opportunity to educate people. 
So what we're doing now is we're going into a series of events, uh, and it's not they're not sales events. If you talk to anybody that's been to them, we're not there to sell you widgets uh, or annuities or whatever. And all those things are certainly things that we do in our office. But what we're really trying to do is educate you on a number of subjects and keep it quite varied. So we're going to be doing a great event uh, in the foreseeable future, all about long-term care and uh, how to have that conversation either with your parents or with your children. We're going to be doing more Thief of the Night events. We've been doing an event that was very successful on how to maximize your Social Security benefits. I'm going to go into another event that's going to be crazy wild. We have a guest that is, uh, we're booking on the show right now. This gentleman, I'm just giving you a little bit of heads up on what's coming in the future. This gentleman uh, retired very, very, very wealthy from Microsoft. I believe he's a billionaire or close to it. And he got really bored. So he actually designed automated trading software. This is the stuff you hear about that's trading all day long in the background. Now, I'm not telling you to get into this, but I developed this great uh, line of communication with him. And he wants to come on the show and tell you all about how it works and how you design it. And it's just another topic we're covering. So what we're going to do each month, hopefully, if there's enough interest, is we're also going to do, besides the 101 Thief of the Night event on Saturdays at the River Ridge Golf Club, which will be like maybe once a month we'll do that, we're also going to do an evening class that is called Advanced Economic Update, where I can take on specific subjects on a shorter format and brief you on those subjects. Well, the one that's coming up on October 20th is called Global Rumblings. And I'm going to go in detail into two specific topics. One, how China's collapse is very likely to cause a global economic depression. China is the ticking time bomb in the room. I'm going to go into detail about that. Now, how did I get the information? Well, we've got a series of charts and graphs. I probably have about 50 different slides for this. Those came directly from Harry Dent's September 2015 presentation at the Irrational Economics Summit in Vancouver, British Columbia. So they had 300 plus investors. Oh, it's a great event. If you ever get a chance, you get to meet people from all over the world. I've got friends from more friends from Andorra, which is this little tax haven country in Spain and Australia and uh, Switzerland all over the world because I go to these events and we, we see each other every every year at the events. So we get to be close. It's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, Harry gives the keynote talk, but then he'll do breakout sessions. So when Harry gave a breakout session on how China's collapse is going to cause a global depression, I got on my smartphone and in five minutes I had the slides on my phone because of my relationship with them. I called this researcher and they're back in Tampa and a uh, really great guy, but and he researches stuff for me too, so it's kind of fun. So the first topic we're going to cover is how China's collapse will cause a global depression. And that's what we're talking about today on the show. I know I've been yapping and having fun for a while, but that's what we're getting to. We're going to go a little bit more into this and why you should attend this event. And we're going to talk with Harry about how China's collapse will cause a global depression. And two, we're going to talk about headwinds for the U.S. housing market. Those two topics. That's about two hours. What we do is we start at 630. We have a little... uh, appetizer buffet lunch we usually bring it in from the yard house 
And at seven o'clock promptly, I start talking and I'm done by nine. So these are what we call the advanced economic briefings. And this one coming up, if you want to attend this, now we're going to experiment. We are going, we, I had said in previous shows that you had to attend a thief of the night. Why the next great stock market crash is inevitable in order to qualify for that. Well, those people will be first in line for this event. But if you call today, we will let you in on this and we'll see how it goes. Because if people can get something out of this, if they feel there's value, then maybe we won't put that prerequisite there. But we had considered in the future that if they, people come to the Saturday event, they could not come to these until they'd been to the Saturday event. I'm going to remove that arbitrary rule right now. If you want to come to this event, it is going to be at the National University Building at 1000 Town Center Drive on the fifth floor. That's where my office is in that building. National University Building is between Ventura Road and Oxnard Boulevard, just on the north side of the 101. We're going to have that on Tuesday October 20th, come in at 6.30 to get a little bit of grub, and then at 7 o'clock, I will start speaking on this. And you're going to meet great people who really love this type of topic and information, too. Um, you know, I, you can go learn more, learn more, first of all, by going to our website at financiallearninglounge.com, financiallearninglounge.com. That's where we have it posted under Advanced Economic Briefings. And let me give you a few facts. Let me just start out on a few facts. First of all, on the China bubble. China has been building a massive real estate bubble for a decade. The oversupply of housing in China is unbelievable. Now, get this idea. We have 300 million people in this country. China has 64 million uninhabited apartments. That's what is that? That's uh, about one third, <laughs> almost one third of the population in the United States, but it's apartments that families are supposed to live in. Now they've got a billion people, but they have 64 million uninhabited apartments, massive real estate bubble. Now as Chinese GDP growth has been slowing, GDP slowing, stocks are spiking to st stratospheric levels in China. What is that? How can the stock market be spiking? A hundred and the Shenzhen was 165% up between January and June while Chinese GDP is slowing. And add to that, here's a little, here's a little interesting point. All of this we're going to go over at the event, by the way. Actually, let me just give you a phone number. So while you're listening to this, you can call because I'm going to give you $10 off the event. The event is $25. And a few days before the event, we usually raise the price a little bit more. Let's see if I look at this. I'm looking at our website at, at uh, financiallearninglounge.com until 16 October. So four days before the event, the ticket prices will go to $35. Right now, they're $25. I will give you $10 off if you call 888-882-5578. 888-882-5578. Call the operator right now. Leave all your contact information. Within seven days, I've got to be able to get a hold of you. So I'm calling you back. You do not have a ticket when you call. What you're doing is you're calling to reserve your discount. I will call you during the week, and I'll get your credit card, and we'll run your ticket at a $10 discount. So right now, they're $25, which means if you're listening to the show right now, and you call 888 888- 
888-882-5578. You will get your tickets for $15. This is the special briefing on October 20th at the National University Building. It is, one, how China's collapse will cause a global depression, and two, the headwinds for the U.S. housing market. And I was just getting the facts. So here's an amazing thing. In the midst of this Chinese stock bubble, 65% of the new Chinese trading accounts that are being opened, people that are trading in the stock market in the midst of this bubble that had gone up 165%, we heard about the crash because, of course, bubbles always come down. We hear about the crash. The alarming news is the bubble. In the midst of that bubble, 65% of new Chinese trading accounts that were open were opened by retail investors with less than a high school education. So they're booming, man. Everybody's jumping in the stock market, including people that don't even have a high school education. It's 65% of the new trading accounts. And add to that, the wealthiest Chinese are fleeing from China. In fact, here's the numbers. 33% of the super rich that have 16 million or above have already emigrated out of China. 33% of their multimillionaires of 16 million or over, they've left China. 64% of millionaires have already emigrated or planning to. 64% of total millionaires have already left China or planning to. Now, What I want to point out is, what do they know about what's coming in China that they're so desperately trying to get out of the country? So this does matter. And we'll go into this a little bit more and we'll have a discussion with Harry on this. But uh, I want you to come to this. We will remove the prerequisite of the Saturday 101 class. You do not have to come. If this goes over your head, then, you know, you'll come to the Saturday 101 and we'll make it up. The tickets are $25 on the 20th of October. Right now, if you call during the show, before the show is over, to 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578. We will discount your tickets by $10. This is uh, called Global Rumblings. It's a special briefing at the National University. One, how China's collapse will cause a global depression. And two, headwinds for the U.S. housing market. Okay, let's get into some of this content. So what I want to start with is who Harry Dent is. Now, he wrote a bulletin recently. He has a great bulletin. You can subscribe to it for free. It's called Economy and Markets. This is from his October 2nd, 2015 bulletin called Hard Truths. This is not a buy and hold market. That's the point. It's not, you know, people can make money in these markets, but it's not buy and hold. So um, I thought this article was revealing because it kind of tells you how he thinks. So I'm going to read this to you real quick, and then we'll We'll actually go into the uh, interview that I've taped with them. So he said in this article, this morning we had to face some hard truths. The economy is beginning to show its true colors. Last month, the economy added just 142,000 jobs. August was revised substantially lower, revised lower to just 136,000 jobs. Analysts were expecting 200,000 plus job growth like it would go on forever. Of course, I'm not the least bit surprised. You know I've seen this coming. I spent the last 30 years developing something no economist thought possible. In fact, I'm not really an economist. I'm an entrepreneur in economics. Entrepreneurs are almost like criminals. They attack society's norms. 
The difference, of course, is that entrepreneurs attack society and business in a constructive manner. My breakthrough research has shown that you and I can predict the key economic trends that will impact the rest of your lifetime today. The article goes on. It took me 10 years to get my first major insights and now 30 years to perfect a long-term model for our economy. Most economists tell you that they may be able to predict the trends of the next election, and most of them can't even do that. But no one, they say, can predict the future beyond that. I beg to differ, and I'll show you why. And by the way, you'll see all why when you come to one of our events, because we break it down. That was me interjecting that. I'll go on with Harry. I got my first breakthrough indicator in 1988. A 46-year lag on the birth index for the peak in spending for new generations, like the massive baby boom. So let me break that down for you. Westernized families spend their most consumption. Um, This is Bruce talking now. Consumption is 71% of our gross domestic product. The average family consumes the most, buys the most, peaks When the head of the household is around 46 years old. So just imagine what's going there. You know, kids are out of school. The kids need a lot of stuff. Maybe they're getting into college. We're at a peak consumption. So Harry goes on. How simple is that? Knowing that I was able to predict the mega boom of the 1990s into 2000 with its falling interest rates. After 2007, I saw deflation. And look what happened. I simultaneously predicted the collapse of Japan when everyone thought they would take over the world. Look what happened there. Since those earlier predictions, I've greatly expanded my research. That led to the discovery of my second macroeconomic indicator, the geopolitical cycle. It's like clockwork. Every 17 to 18 years, it changes. Its current phase points down to around early 2020, rounding out the geopolitical environment started by 9-11. So in other words, this is a cycle. There's a geopolitical cycle. It runs 17 to 18 years in our culture. It started downward by 9-11, and it will continue. We've had some ups and down cycles, which you can already see on the graph. It will continue until about 2020. So he goes on. This is the cycle that most affects stock valuations as the risk premium goes up in such adverse times. The next was an innovation cycle that spans 45 years. Every 45 years, powerful clusters of technology finally move mainstream, revolutionizing how we work and live. So he goes on. We tend to think progress moves in a straight line. It doesn't. It won't be until 2032 to 2055 before we see the next mainstream innovation cycle that transforms our lives and work. Until then, we have Facebook for entertainment. But it's my final indicator that best predicts the timing for major stock crashes and financial crises, a decennial boom-bust cycle originally identified by Ned Davis. And this is what Harry does lots of times. He looks at other people's research and just tries to corroborate it or verify it. Okay, he goes on. But the frightening part is that all of these cycles are in their downward phases right now at the same time. You'll notice from the most recent periods where all four cycles spelled trouble 
truly awful things happen. And he shows a chart. And we'll cover this when you come to the event on the 20th on global rumblings, uh, story of China and the story of weakening U.S. real estate. We'll cover these charts. But he's pointing out here as he, as I'm reading from the, uh, article, you'll notice that the most recent periods where all four cycles spelled trouble, truly awful things happen. The great deflate, the great depression was one of them. The inflationary financial crisis of the 1970s. And now this, and he adds, that's why I believe the next financial crisis and depression is inevitable. I've been forecasting it for years. And I believe with the convergence of these four cycles, it will be much worse than the last crisis in 2008-9. That's why if we don't have a major financial crisis, I know what he's, where he's going here. He says, that's why if we don't have a major financial crisis and stock crash between late this year and early 2020, I will quit my profession and become a limo driver in Australia. I doubt it'll come to that because based on what I see, it's already starting to happen. Economists, Wall Street analysts, and your stockbroker will not see this coming. Protect yourself now and sell any financial assets you aren't actively trading, like with our analysts who actually see this coming, because the greatest bubble in history continues to burst. Wow, pretty alarming. Well, I wanted you to have that, because I wanted you to get a little substance to who Harry is. We talk with him so much on the show, and he's so uh, you know giving to, to do these interviews with us, but I wanted to give you a little background on it. So with no further ado, I want to open up the talk to uh, interview I did with Harry. You've been hearing this in the last few weeks, but I'm putting it in a new light today, which is we're going to be talking very specifically on October 20th at the Global Rumblings event, how China's collapse will cause a global depression and headwinds for the U.S. housing market. You come in at 630, you have a little bit of dinner with us. It's a light dinner. And then uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna go through all of these slides from Harry Dent from seven o'clock to nine o'clock. That's at the National University at uh, 1000 Town Center Drive. Uh, the tickets are twenty five dollars. You can learn more about this by going to the FinancialLearningLounge.com. Either FinancialLearningLounge.com will get you there, or the FinancialLearningLounge.com will get you there. You can read about it, and you can get your tickets there for twenty five dollars. If you call right now during the show. I will take $10 off that ticket. You'll be down to $15. Everything goes up 10 bucks more on October 16th. So you better hustle to get those tickets. But uh, right now, I will discount you, and you'll be down a $15 ticket. You can't beat that. We're throwing in some dinner. The number for that is 888 888-882-5578. 888-882-5578. 888-882-5578. As I mentioned earlier, you do not have to have attended the 101 class. In the future, we may make you come to the four-hour Saturday class where we go over all the basics of this research before we let people into the advanced economic updates. But for right now, we're going to waive that. So call now. This may be uh, your first chance to get in or your last chance to get in with this being your first event. I want to talk to you about two things today, Harry. I want to talk to you about... China and its disruption on markets here and what's happening over there. And then I want to talk about the uh, real estate market because at the uh, Irrational Economics Summit, you gave some very revealing statistics about where our real estate market's going. I'll come back to that. Let's talk about China first. China has now two bubbles. China had one, the real estate bubble, and we were watching it on CBS and we were seeing the ghost cities go up. 
And uh, now they've decided to open up a second free market bubble in stocks. And after that, there's a whole issue of China's problem with just internal consumption. But let's start with these bubbles. What's fueling these bubbles in China in real estate and stocks? Well, it's very simple. It's not as much quantitative easing as it's been in recent years here. China has just been for 30 years, and especially uh, in the last decade or so, they've just been overbuilding everything. It's like the central government there encourages the local governments to borrow money, which it implicitly guarantees, and then these local governments launch all these infrastructure and housing product projects and stuff, which they make a ton of money on, and then their crony developers uh, make a ton of money on, and they're building stuff for nobody. They're doing it across the country, 27% of condos were measured in cities to be vacant, and this was done independently by a firm that simply looked at at condos or houses that were hooked up to electricity, and there was zero use, which means empty. 27% empty. First of all, how can you even have a housing bubble? When, when there's that sort of vacancy. And the reason is the Chinese, especially the affluent, that dominate about 85% of the wealth and financial assets and real estate over there, they save 60 70% of their income, way, 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 way more than us, and then they put 75% of it in real estate. They don't buy stocks and bonds like we do. So the real estate bubble came first. Shanghai is up, you know, 650% since early 2000. Our real estate bubble was 130%. 635% since history. Is it possible, Harry, is it possible, though, that that, that there might be some reason to that if it used to be all shacks in 2000 and now it's nice homes? I mean, could that be reasonable? China's been urbanizing it. They've moved a half a billion people since the early 80s to urban areas. So this is not a boom that just started in 2000 or in 2007. It's been going since the early 80s. So, so yes, it started from lower prices, and you would expect a bigger boom, just like in Mumbai. But for a real estate market to go up that much compared to incomes, uh, and, and, and if you compare it to income, yeah, compare. the price-to-income ratios are the highest in the leading Chinese cities, higher than any other emerging markets, whether it be Bangkok or Mumbai, and, and way higher than developed countries. So the, this is a bubble. It's massive. And recently we have this stock bubble. But you have to remember, back in, from 2005 to 2007, the latest stage bubble around the world was China. The Chinese stock market went up 484% in just two years, the strongest stock bubble I've ever seen, and then collapsed 72% in just one year. And that follows my rule that bubbles tend to collapse back to where they started, and they tend to collapse twice as fast as they build. So China went nowhere for years, because when you overbuild, you have excessive debt and excessive capacity, and that's unprofitable, as any normal business knows. But Chinese don't have normal business. They can build forever. A lot of the companies are state-owned enterprises, no accountability. What they got... From uh, early 2014 and early to, and to mid 2015, about one year, mm-hmm. they got a sudden bubble that came just from everyday speculators. Real estate started to slow for the first time after this great bubble, and people said, "Oh my gosh, we can't make money in real estate anymore. Let's speculate in stocks." So they did the opposite of what we did in 2000. The tech stocks had been uh, bubbling here. Everybody was flipping tech stocks, and when tech stocks started to crash, everybody started flipping condos and houses. So they just did the opposite. They, they went from real estate to stocks. So this stock bubble there had nothing to do with their economy. The economy's only been shrinking. Um, and it went up 159% in one year, and it's already, in, in three or four months, crashed 42%. And I think it's going lower uh, in the next month or two, and I think it'll be down 80% before it's all over. Their GDP growth is shrinking, but their stock market has increased 159% yeah, in a yeah. year. How do you like those, Apple? You know, <laughs> that's insanity. And, and it, the worst thing about it, Bruce, was the survey showed 
that massive uh, new accounts open, massive margin debt. But here's the real uh, insight. 60, I think 66% of those new accounts were people with a high school or less education. So this is not institutional money. This is not the wealthy, the affluent. They're still buying real estate. It is real dumb money. And, and that's why the Chinese can keep propping up their market. But these people have been trapped in this bubble. And at some point, they're going to continue to get scared. And again, imagine the market was down 42% recently, and it's not far from there now. Imagine if the Chinese had not had a half a billion dollar fund, I mean, half a trillion dollar fund to buy their own stock market to prop it up. I mean, it could have been down 50 or 60% already. So what does this matter to you? Well, in a minute, I'm going to ask Harry a little bit more about how this is going to affect the United States investments and all that. But if you've attended the 101 class that we do, on uh, usually on a Saturday afternoon at the River Ridge Golf Club, you'll understand that what we're in the midst of right now is a battle between straight market economics, otherwise known as Austrian economics, and Keynesian economics. And what Keynesian economics do is they say that the government should control capital flows, not the market, because the market knocks people around. We have these ups and downs. Well, the good, the bad thing about the ups and downs is how many people get hurt. And we as a society have not really worked out how to take care of the little guy. You know, now my viewpoint, strictly as a financial advisor, is I think the crime of the decade, and I'm getting a little philosophical here, but this is what I'm going to talk about because one of the things I'm going to do at the end of this event is I'm going to talk about how to protect yourself, how to prepare, and how to prosper in this coming decade of more change. And it is not a straight pitch for any one thing. I have several things to enlighten you about that are places to put funds and get some growth, get some real growth, get out of the fray of this. Get some real growth on funds and not be in the the bullseye of the target when some of this comes crashing down. But you'll hear about that. But the point I just want to make that you sure you understand is the world has gone Keynesian. So China is not a real capitalist country. It is a crony capitalism. This is what happens when governments control capital flows. The people that get wealthy are the ones that know how to get on that gravy train and become the crony capitalists. So in this country, it is central bankers. They got bailed out by trillions of dollars when they took all of the investment money and mortgage money, and we could go on about the details. They let it flush down the toilet. Instead of them going down the toilet, the government put a gun to the head of the taxpayer, which the taxpayer didn't have. So then they went to the rest of the world and they borrowed like mad and they gave it to the banks. Crony capitalism. If you're connected to the government, you get it's corporate. Corporate welfare is another way of putting it. Okay. Now, this is not a left or right issue. Do not get me wrong and do not try to read my politics or what I'm saying or you will be, you'll, you'll get me wrong. But what I'm trying to tell you is that we believe that no one should take a hit. Now, the good news about ups and downs is when there is malinvestment in an economy, when the wrong things happen, the economy punishes that and straightens it out. And if you let those cycles go through, you keep getting reset. So if housing prices got too high, I'm sorry if you invested at the height of the market, but you're going to take a hit and you should because housing prices are too high. If stock prices are too high, you need to take a hit. 
But we live in a, in a political environment. And this is around the globe now, where if too many people are hurt by that downturn, governments come in and try to bail it out. And what that does is it makes the penalties a little bit foggier, makes it a little more of a party to go in and do it again and do it again, because it seems like there's really no penalty for all of this. For, for the games that we play, for the stupid moves that investors, banks, gets bigger and bigger and bigger across the globe. So China just says, you know, there's no demand for these cities. We don't have people ready to move in, but we control the capitalists, the capital in this country. We're going to build mega cities. China has, like he said, 27% vacancy rate across the country. And yet its real estate was booming and bubbling. Same with stocks. There's there's not that much demand for what these companies are producing, but their stocks are skyrocketing. Similarly, we have that going on here. We have it going on in Europe. There's not a player on the globe that's stepped aside. The whole globe's playing it. And that is the danger that sooner or later, Mother Nature will come knocking and readjust these markets that have bubbled from government intervention. So we want you to be safe, and I want you to understand there are several, we can look back in history, and we're going to do this at the event on October 20th, we can look back in history, particularly to the Great Depression, because the Great Depression, a couple things were there that were important. One, it was a deflationary crash. It was a time when banks leveraged in and people leveraged in, and they borrowed like mad. It was a debt crisis. It wasn't the problem that the stock market fell. It was the number of institutions and people and livelihoods that were and businesses that were leveraged into that stock market that by debt that made everything collapse and freeze. So we can go back to that period and find out what survived. Where did people not lose their assets? Where did people make money? And that's how we're going to be doing it at the end of this event. And I just wanted to stress, that's why it's so important you attend this, because things are going to change. And we're going to give you solutions, not just the problems. But if you don't understand the problems, you're never going to appreciate what the solutions are. So Ring the number. You got about a half hour left. If you want $10 off the tickets, this is October 20th at National University. The event is from 630 in the evening. We serve a little dinner and we talk from seven to nine. It's called Global Rumblings. Called Global Rumblings. How bad will China crash? Which is really the title is how China's collapse will cause a global depression and why will U.S. real estate lose 40% in value? Now, I'm taking this very seriously. We'll get into real estate before the end of the show. We'll talk a little bit about it. Uh, I do not want to sell my house, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it. We're making a move. We had downsizing on the on the on the uh, battle plan, on the agenda, somewhere in the next five years. We're doing it now because I see no reason to lose $150,000 of value in my house. And somebody wants to buy it at the top is welcome to right now because I don't think it's going to be worth that a year from now because I've studied the data on the headwinds for the U.S. housing market, and I'm personally taking it very seriously. We will go over that. The number to get $10 off your ticket is 888 That's triple. 888-882-5578. The tickets are $25 until October 16th. On the 17th of October, they go to $35. I will take $10 off your ticket right now when you call 888-882-5578. All right. We'll go into, uh, we will go into 
the real estate market in a little bit. But I want to get back to Harry for a minute and want to ask him, why does China really matter to us? How much does the world still depend on China for growth? Because what we hear is your funds aren't really that invested over in China. We're not that heavily placed. Our markets don't really seem to take a really deep hit. I mean, we, we tremored for a little bit, but then we figured out that we're not really all that invested in China. So while China's falling apart, we'll probably be pretty stable over here. Uh, truth or fiction? Truth, except that when things go wrong in an over-indebted global world, everything collapses. Again, four states in the United States. How much did China depend on that? But four states triggered the subprime crisis. California, Nevada, Arizona, Florida. Triggered a global debt crisis, a global debt crash. Even China's market went down 72%. So it's not that. We don't even export that much to China. They export a lot to us. But the whole world is slowing. Commodity prices are crashing. That hits emerging countries. And China is the biggest consumer of commodities. So there's, first of all, Bruce, there is no way China is growing at their quoted 7% with all these commodities down 60 70 80%. Cement's down 25% just in the last several months. How could they be growing at 7% and iron ore prices be down 70% and all these other things? So they're not growing that fast. Mm-hmm. And it affects the emerging world. And the emerging world is now about half of global GDP. And we do. Our S&P 500 companies do export a good deal of stuff to the rest of the emerging world. And, and Europe's been subpar growth. We've been barely growing at 2%. China's the second largest country in the world and has clearly been the fastest growing until recently. Now India is. But they, so, so China is just a trigger. No, they're not going to kill our corporate earnings right off the bat, but if the China market collapse and real estate starts to collapse, guess who's buying the most expensive cities? Who are the leading edge buyers in San Francisco, LA, Seattle, Vancouver, Toronto, New York, London? It's the Chinese fleeing their country to get their wealth out, laundering it through real estate, because that's the only legal way they can get out, and the government's cracking down on that now. They're getting out of the country, and they're, and they're bidding up our real estate. So, so when people see Chinese real estate collapse, that means their wealth is imploding, and these wealthy Chinese will not be able to run around the world and be buying $20, $50, million condos anymore, just like the Japanese suddenly stopped buying in the early 90s after pumping up real estate around the world. This is going to happen with the Chinese. So it, 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 I think it's this real estate tsunami, which will be the single biggest impact of China. The second one is commodity prices continue to collapse, and guess what? Oil prices alone are going to trigger a crisis in our economy because we've got a trillion dollars invested in fracking, three to four hundred billion in debt that's going to default, junk bonds and, and leveraged loans are, are going to default like subprime loans did. And then that just starts a string of other defaults. And when investors finally see risk in the world, I mean, bond investors and stock investors have been bidding up bonds and stocks like there's no risk in the world. This is the riskiest time ever. I think, um, you know, I think that's a key linchpin that the average person doesn't understand, which is this. You know, okay, oil will take a hit. Frackers will lose something. Uh, okay, we'll have contraction in the economy. But I think what people don't understand is what really threatens us globally and threatens uh, our quality of life is how much debt leverages in to making these things happen and how loose we get with debt. And that once that happens, it's not just the failure of the industry. It's the failure of massive debt that got built up to put something there that now starts to crack. And that's where it really goes systemic from an industry to the entire economy. Am I thinking correctly about that? 
Yeah, it does. Because once debt defaults in one sector, like subprime loans, it start, people start worrying about it, and, and interest rates go up, and it starts defaulting in other sectors. So it's a chain reaction. The other thing is not only does debt deleverage, and that destroys actual money and causes companies and banks to go under or have problems, mm-hmm. but, but these... Any time you get a big debt and credit bubble, like in the Roaring Twenties or like in the, you know since the nineties and two thousands, it also bids up asset prices, stocks, real estate, commodities, everything. And when those markets crash, and commodities have already largely crashed, stocks I think are just starting to crash. Real estate on a lag will start to crash and go to lower prices later. Um, this destroys a lot of wealth, especially for the top you know one, ten, twenty percent. And these are the only people that have still been spending in our economy. Homer Simpson gave up back in. 2000. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you're listening to Straight Talk Wealth Radio. We're here every Sunday morning on News Talk 1590 KVTA in Ventura. My name is Bruce Whitey. Uh, we are leading up to a very special event we're going to have on the 20th of October. This event was originally reserved for only for people who had attended our Saturday event called A Thief in the Night, Why the Next Great Stock Market Crash is Inevitable. But we had that on the 10th of October. This 20 October, we're going to take that prerequisite off. And I'm pretty good. You know, the problem we're going to have is I got a lot of material to get through in two hours. I'm pretty good at breaking things down, even if you think this is a little advanced for you. But the reason you need to go, look, just imagine if what you're seeing right now is the biggest, the start of the biggest stock crash you've seen in your lifetime. Imagine that. Okay. And then you are part of this. This is your life. It's going on in your lifetime. And the reason we want you to attend this event is because until you understand China, you can't understand the global economy until you understand what we've created, what the world has created in China. You can't understand the global economy, but you also need to understand demographics. You need to understand how governments offset demographics and blow things up bigger. And we're going to go all over it. And what we're really going to talk about, the most important thing, I think, in the whole event will be the end of the event. The last 30 minutes, I'm going to go into how you can preserve and protect and prosper in in a world that's changing and how you can get through this and where the best places to hold wealth are going to be now i'm not talking about global catastrophic you know i by the way there's a great report and we'll give you the report for free you'll have a choice when you come to this event uh if you don't have my inflation deflation report that will be available for people coming to the event i wrote a report a while ago called inflation or deflation america's monetary system in crisis and how to plan for it that inflation deflation issue is the most misunderstood issue people have around all of this as we head into a deflationary period banks will really tremble and try to fail and yes the banks didn't fail in 2008 but don't forget that wasn't the mechanism we set up to save them through the fdic that saved the banks the fdic was a limp noodle on the side and it was an $800 billion act of Congress and new money and new borrowing and new taxpayer indebtedness that saved the banks. It wasn't the FDIC. So you're going to stir, understand in a deflationary period how unsafe the banks could be. A lot of people are talking today about confiscation at the banks like they had in Cyprus. So 
if if asset prices are falling, you need to hold cash, you need to have your dollars available. Where do you keep it in a world where the banks are sometimes the very first hit that's taken in a deflationary economy? We'll talk all about that. I'm going to go into that at the event. And you know what? They're going to kick us out of there around 930 from the National University. If we have to sit in the hallway, if we have to sit outside, if we have to go down to the yard house and tip some drinks to finish the conversation, we'll do it. It's my evening. I'm I'm available for you guys. It's your evening. I'm available for you. So let's let's have a great time. Come on down to the event. That is October 20th, Tuesday, October 20th. We'll serve a little dinner at 6.30, and the event will run till about 9, maybe 9.30 if we get really involved. The number is 888-882-5578 if you want $10 off that $25 ticket. Uh, by October 14th, it goes to 35 You want $10 off, I'll give you the discount code when you call 888-882-5578. 888 Let's talk about real estate. Now, if you understand demographics and you've been to our 101 class and you understand the power of the baby boom, 80 million people in this country of 300 million people that were born from 1946 to 1964. It was when I was in my 20s, all my cohorts were in their 20s. We had good jobs at the time. We had access to credit. One, We were just getting into a period, starting in a period where two incomes were required to support a household, but we still had a little bit of one person might just pull that off if they had a good education. Uh, we don't see that anymore. Okay. Um, and the point is just that we were all buying houses. Everyone was buying a house. They were building houses like mad. It was going crazy. And then uh, that, that bubble eventually did burst a little bit, came back up in the 90s, and we've been riding a bubble since. But the, the interesting thing is there's not a generation coming in behind that massive demographic to replace it. And that is the concern. We don't have demographics actually supporting the housing market. What we have is speculators still eating off the last burst of the bubble. That's speculators. You can't let speculators drive the actual market price for something as so organic as housing that people needs to need to live in. So you're going to hear all about that in the second hour at this event on October 20th. But I want to lead in with Harry for just a little bit about what he sees in the housing market. And then I'll come back and I'll finish with a bulletin that he wrote uh, that further elucidates uh, what we see in real estate. So let's talk about real estate in the United States. Where do you see the downward pressure? I mean, didn't didn't we just duck the bullet? The Fed's going to hold rates okay. I mean, did, did we duck the bullet here, or is there still some other downward pressure about real estate in the U.S.? Oh, no, no, there's, there's definitely downward pressure. My, the, the real estate bubble was imploding, and that was the biggest thing, the subprime crisis, the weakest part of our economy. And government, you know, the central banks just stepped in, turned around the economy by printing endless amount of money. They, they didn't cure anything. They didn't restructure any debt. Real estate never got to to deleverage back down to pre-bubble levels. And, and that I know exactly where that is, January of 2000. Now that real estate has bounced, not to new highs in most areas or, or on average, but it's bounced significantly, it's got to go down 40 percent plus just to get back made money people got cheap loans people got bigger houses than they could afford and then it all went down they interrupted that debt deleveraging that real estate bubble burst and now it's going to come back it has to come down to where young families can afford to buy a home especially in places like california i mean where it's like eight hundred thousand dollars for a starter home in vancouver where we were just at you know a million two like for a starter home this is absolute insanity 
Now, I want to follow that up a little bit with a bulletin that Harry actually wrote. Uh, this is uh, September 29th, 2015. Again, if you're not a subscriber to Economy and Markets, I highly recommend it. It's a free daily thing. I can't, you know, one of my complaints with Harry is like, you know, we used to get once a month briefings. I could absorb what you're on. I could absorb the research and uh, regurgitate that to, to my clients and to my audience. Now you're publishing every day, Harry. I can't keep up with it anymore. So I want to read you this really quick because uh, this bulletin comes out daily. You should definitely become a subscriber. So he writes in an article called Can't Go Down, Think Again. He writes, the richest people I know or meet always tell me the same thing. Prime cities in the developed world simply can't go down. New York, London, Paris, San Francisco, Vancouver, Singapore, Sydney, they're all invincible. Or so these guys would have you believe. If there's any two things history doesn't support, it's that the biggest cities always reign supreme and that the ultra rich always remain rich. There's a reason all good mothers tell their children to become doctors or lawyers. People in those professions will likely end up in the 1% to 10% bracket where they make their money more systematically, like from high salaries. They might not make it to the top 0.1% to 1% where incomes and net worth are totally unstable, but they'll make a hell of a living and have stability to boot. The guys at the top, they may get rich off some radical new business or IPO or from Wall Street speculation, but they might burn out just as quick. That's just how they work. Radical innovators, speculators, and even conquerors, quote, live and die by the sword, unquote. They're too invested, both emotionally and financially. I get it. But as one of those people who started a radically different business and took huge risks, you'd be shocked to know how much my income and wealth has varied over the last 20 years. You're not on top forever. So for those people who think they're going to be rich forever and they can park millions in cash in prime real estate and get away scot-free, they've got another thing coming. There were two points when the top 1% troll controlled nearly 50% of the net worth in the U.S. There were two points when that happened, 1928 to 1929 and 2007 to 215. The very top, the 0.1% control as much as 25% at these peaks. But those peaks don't last as the bubbles that create such extreme wealth don't last. Their wealth tends to get cut in half in the years and decades to follow. This has devastating consequences to the real estate prices in huge cities where these global elite park their cash. They see such cities as the safest place to park large amounts of money. Where else can you buy a 4,000 and 9,000 square foot penthouse for 20 million to 120 million? They can go for as much as a, as 13,000 a square foot. Try buying a big block of stock for that amount without moving the markets against you. You can't. So real estate in such mega cities seems like a great idea. But here's what that assumption might cost them by simply looking back at history. This chart, again, don't have the chart over the radio, but you'll see it at our event, shows how Manhattan, the greatest district in the great city of the world, fared in the roaring 20s, then the Great Depression. Again, sorry, you can't show you these graphs, but you'll see them at the event. The high end peaked the latest and most dramatically in 1929, then crashed 
New York real estate into 1939. That's twice what the average house fell, how much it fell from 2006 to 2012. And more than twice what the Case-Shiller Index shows for top cities that went down into 1933. So New York crashed twice as hard as that period and uh, twice as hard as homes in the U.S. from 2006-2012. Sources claim it didn't reach new highs again until 1953. Others claim 1960. How could it possibly take as much as 30 years for a real estate market to recover? simple. The greater the bubble, the greater the burst. The question is, who's buying these properties at such outrageous prices? Buyers on the highest end are often foreigners just looking to get a stake and park or launder money out of their country. They most often, they more often than not, don't really live there. In any major coastal city you go to, the high-end buyers tend to be affluent Chinese, Russians, Brazilians, or Mideasterners. But with the way oil has collapsed, hitting the currencies of Russia and the Mideast, and the way commodity collapse has hit Brazil and its currency over 50%, it's now more down to the Chinese. But as I discussed in the July issue of Leading Edge, that's another Harry Dent publication, China's government is finally getting serious about cracking down on money leaving the country under the guise of real estate, as I've been predicting would have to happen, the way money's been fleeing out of China at an unprecedented rate. He continues, remember the Japanese affluent buying up real estate globally in the late 1980s? They disappeared almost over overnight when the real estate bubble collapsed and their wealth with it. And that will leave nothing left to stop this bubble from bursting. When the high end cracks, it will crack in many bubble cities driven by foreign buyers. And when this next real estate bubble bursts, it will happen on a much more global scale, much more severe than the last one. Don't say you haven't been warned. Okay, let's go back to my interview with Harry, and then we're going to wrap it up. Well, if I can beg just three more minutes of you, I, I want to know, then, what's the big picture? Where, where, where are we going to be as a country three or four years from now? And we, we, got a, we, we kind of talked about a couple isolated factors. You start putting this all together. What do people need to do to survive? Well, first of all, what are we going to look like, and what do we need to do to survive? Well, first of all, we got this megaphone pattern. Each bubble is taking us to higher highs, but each crash is taking a lower low. It's the most obvious pattern I've ever seen in the stock market, and not one person talks about it on CNBC because everybody's in bubble denial. I see the Dow crashing to 5,500 to 6,000 by early 2017, a little over two years from now at most. There'll be a bounce after that, but we have four long-term indicators in addition to our demographic indicators that all start to bottom together around the early 2020s. So, so we still got four to five years before we probably bottom out altogether. And I think the Dow will hit at least 3,800 and probably a good bit lower by then. So this is not, oh, I'm going to sit through this correction. It's not, it's not that case in real estate. Real estate will never rebound because we'll get to a point where dying baby boomers, who are sellers by definition, will be outweighing rising millennial buyers. And then that's what happened in Japan. Real estate went down 60% and 24 years later has still not bounced, even though the next young generation, more scared like this, less better jobs. Yeah, they're buying, but not as much. But it's the old people dying that's killing the real estate market. So real estate's not going to come roaring back. Stocks are going to go down more than you can imagine and take a long, long time to get back. So you have to get out of the way. You have to sell 
risk assets, we call it, commodities, gold, stock, and I did say gold, real mm-hmm. estate, at the top of the bubble here, near the top of the bubble, turn into cash, liquid, safe investments. Don't try to get yield and chase junk bonds or something or, you know, and then look to buy when things go down. We're, we're going to have the greatest sale on financial assets since 1932 to 33. And a lot of people got rich overnight just by being out of the markets and buying stuff at 10, 20 cents on the dollar. Where, when do you get to buy good long-term stocks or beachfront property yeah. or even gold down the road? I mean, what if you could buy gold at $250 an ounce? That's a possibility in the next several years. And then hold that long-term. That that's the way to make money. Yeah. Hey, Harry, thanks so much for your time and uh, your elucidation on these subjects. And uh, we'll be helping people with uh, the outcomes. Okay. Great, Bruce. Okay. Have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. We Bye-bye. sure will be helping people because on October 20th, you got about five minutes left to get $10 off your reservation by calling 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578 at the N- National University Building in Oxnard. We will be holding at 6.30 until 9 o'clock. We're going to be holding the event. You're going to get briefed on all of this. You're going to see all of Harry Dent's charts. I have access to them. You're going to see how bad will China crash and why will the U.S. real estate market lose 40% in value? It is a special briefing we call Global Rumblings, and we're going to get into all the stats and charts. In final 30 minutes, we're going to get into how you can protect, prepare, and prosper when it comes. You can learn more at FinancialLearningLounge.com, but right now, the tickets are $25. We'll take $10 off when you call 888 8825578 leave your contact information I'll call you during the week and I'll ring your tickets up with a discount 888-882-5578 888-882-5578 that's 888-882-5578 come to this event find out how you can stay safe find out what is it going to do to the markets what's it going to do to your retirement and what are the safe avenues it is not just an annuity pitch it is not a pitch for a singular thing we're going to cover a lot of ground of a lot of different stuff as much as we can and uh, this is the only time you're probably going to see this event open to people that did not attend the 101 event, the Eve of the Night event that we do on Saturdays. If you didn't attend, don't worry about it. Come on in. 888-882-5578 October 20th, Tuesday 6.30 to 9. 888-882-5578 888-882-5578 Get your discount. you got about five minutes left. Content of Straight Talk Wealth Radio is for educational purposes only. Any discussion of financial products and their features is subject to change without notice. Consult your own tax, legal, or financial advisor as to your specific situation. Tax-free benefit specialist and insurance services, California license 0E48147.